Hello and welcome to Mixing It Up with Mary. If you are a first-time listener, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to consider with me what your future classroom will look like. So if you're new here, Mixing It Up with Mary is a podcast for future teachers to learn about and discuss and consider the ways in which our classrooms will function. For my subscribers, thank you for coming back for more. Last week, we discussed classroom management and structure. I had a wonderful time chatting with Diana from Pemberton Middle School, where she shared with us the most helpful tips of classroom management for adolescents for her seventh grade English classroom. Today, future teachers of America, we are going to be discussing the pros and the cons of using certain types of theories and philosophies within our future classrooms. Of course, per usual, since I am studying to be an English teacher, the examples and discussion will be based around the English classroom. Thank you for joining in. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and rate Mixing It Up with Mary on Apple Podcasts. Let's go ahead and get started. Now, predicting my future classroom, knowing and understanding myself and my future, I can only hypothesize to the best of my ability what type of classroom I will use, but I do have a sense of the vision I have for my future classroom in terms of how students learn and through what philosophies. So in order to predict our future classrooms, we have to have a sense of what kind of student readers we want to have in our classrooms. So if you would please all just take a moment to envision what type of student readers you desire for your future class. Great. When I personally envision my future classroom, I hope that my students are eager readers. I mean, I would be thrilled to have some advanced readers thrown into the mix of my students. However, what I really desire is for the majority of my students to be eager readers for my students to understand the value of reading, and I want them to be able to clearly see the benefits and importances of it. I loathe hearing middle school students in my field placement say, reading is boring, or I hate this book. It is so disheartening. For this reason, I'm going to have carefully selected books for my future students to read that are challenging enough to enhance their reading skills, but still engaging and adventurous for them. You know, they're a younger audience and we need to keep them engaged and feel like they're on an adventure so that they associate reading with fun. While I wanna make sure that the books are fun for my student readers, I also wanna make sure they're educational enough to where the activities and lessons that I can plan around these books will meet the Maryland State Standards. You know, that's a reality that we live in today with teaching. We have to meet the standards and we have to make sure we're getting the students to participate within those standards. So I think the right book makes all the difference and that when a young student claims to so strongly dislike reading, they just haven't found the right book. So I think that as teachers, as English teachers, it's our duty to help guide them to their right book. I feel that by helping students see the value in reading, we will be building an aesthetic experience formed within the student and their practice of reading. I will prioritize time in my future classroom for independent reading, maybe just even 20 minutes a week. I will be setting up precedent for students to envision setting aside their own free time to allow for independent reading. This will help them associate a calm and enjoyable experience with their aesthetic of reading created in my classroom that can be transferred into their own lives. 
I can also have the students point out points in the book where they found particular connections to their own lives, making reading more personal for them. Here is where I would encourage the practice of transactional theory in my future classroom. So let's talk a little bit about transactional theory. Transactional theory is when the student forms an interpretation of the words from a text themselves, and the power lies within the students of reading the text to find the interpretation. I love the idea of using this theory because it allows the students to feel in control of their learning, and it allows them to feel more confident for when a student is interpreting a text, there is no longer a wrong answer through this theory. They are the interpreters. They are coming up with the meaning. Whatever they gain from the text is what they have interpreted. Each of my students will bring with them many different experiences, backgrounds, and knowledge to bring to the table when they are approaching a text. This will cause them to have different perspectives and interpretations of that text. So for this transactional theory to be successfully implemented in my future classroom, I will have to have a multitude of diverse texts to study with my students. The value of multicultural texts and diverse representations in texts in my future classroom is super essential. It is important for every student to feel represented in my classroom. I will have a diverse classroom. And so in order to engage my students, I have to be able to give them texts and books and studying that aren't just written by dead white guys. For this reason as well, I want my students to not only practice transactional theory, but I want them to implement a heavy use of critical literacy in my future classroom as well. So as Paul Fieri so wonderfully put it, they will be able to read the word and the world transferring the knowledge they have learned from the classroom to be able to treat everything in life as a text that is waiting to be interpreted. When you teach students to envision everything as literature, they begin to critically view the world around them. This enhances their perspective and empathy skills, which will further their understanding of the world around them and help them perform better in your classroom. There are multiple lenses within critical literacy that can be practiced and used in your future English classroom such as biographical lens, new historicism lens, deconstruction lens, psychological lens, and so many more. I think for my future classroom, to enhance the importance of diversity, I will probably use most the gender feminist lens and reader response lens. I think that recognizing the imbalances between the genders for decades is very important, and I want to teach my future students that by recognizing the ideologies present within a text and refusing to conform to those ideologies simply for the fact that they are present, unless they choose to freely agree with those ideologies. But this may change their perspective and interpretation of a text completely, making them more aware. They can, through the critical lenses, see the injustices within society and identify and disrupt those ideologies set by certain texts and the world in general. Reading the world through a critical lens gives power to marginalized groups, which can in turn create a powerful shift in society, which is why multicultural and diverse texts are essential factors within my classroom. Now, in order to build up that critical lens skill and enhance their abilities to become skeptical readers so that they may be aware of the ideologies present in literature and around them, I will also practice the theory of new criticism in my classroom to a certain extent. Though there are many skeptics of this theory because it focuses on a more traditional study of literature, which often alienates certain students who don't perform well in this theory, 
um, because it used closed reading and it's much more technical. It holds the theory that everything needed to be correctly interpreted in a text lies within the text itself. This is what caused me to fall in love with literature because I felt like sort of a detective when I was using these, this theory as a student. And I want my students to be able to think of themselves as detectives. It made me excited and curious to find all the underlying clues and meanings within a text. And when I found them, I felt proud and excited because I felt smart. I think maybe to motivate my students to buy into this skepticism, I can have them pretend to be detectives and make the environment more fun so that they won't feel so overwhelmed by the idea of closed readings. New criticism is also important for students to learn and practice because it allows for students to become more prepared with the common core exams and state standards. You know, we're expected to teach these state standards and have our students reach higher levels in common core. And so in order to move on to the more advanced classrooms, we need to prepare them for this. It is a harsh reality that we live in, in terms of educating the youth sometimes. We do have to factor in the state standards and make sure students know how to succeed academically in the traditional way of standardized tests. But the good news is that we can use new criticism in a way that also balances out with transactional theory and critical theory so that the students may learn to quote unquote read many different formats and varieties of texts that they can be good readers both inside and outside of the classroom. I think assessing, learning, and grading students based on their levels of interpretation and reading is very difficult. And for that reason, I hope to successfully implement the idea of universal design in my future classroom, where students will be given multiple different ways in which they can represent their understanding of a text or idea, such as a drawing or acting or singing, or writing a paper, and any other ways that I approve of. By giving students the option, I am both making them feel in control and allowing them to present their own strengths. Not everyone is able to present their ideas best through traditional papers or exams. So by giving my students multiple means of expression, they'll be able to best decide how they represent their understanding throughout my course. Through all of these different types of theories and practices, students will be able to understand that there is not one right interpretation of understanding literature in my future classroom. Once a student buys into the idea that the text may have many different interpretations and meanings, they can begin to see the correlation between language and power and see how being able to read the world, not just the word, gives power to marginalized groups. Words matter. If you don't take anything away from this podcast, I do hope you take away that. I hope you remember just one thing, that words matter. What we say, what we read, who we listen to, and what we practice sets precedent for the type of person we will be and the type of contributions we will make to our environments and our societies. By placing importance on diverse texts, we're sharing with our students that all voices and perspectives matter and that through words, all diverse groups may be valued and powerful. Through all these theories and philosophies and practices, I do believe I will find a successful balance in my future classroom. I think it'll take a lot of figuring out what works and what doesn't, but I think eventually I'll strike a nice balance. And I think that practicing with these theories is going to really benefit the students as well as myself as a teacher. I'm very excited. I'm also very nervous, but I'm more excited. Thank you so much, new and old listeners alike, for joining with me today on Mixing It Up With Mary. 
I hope this gave you a little insight onto how you will teach your future classrooms. Um, feel free to comment, subscribe, and message me and let me know what you think. If you agree with me, if you disagree with me, let me know. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, thank you for joining in with Mixing It Up with Mary.